Hey guys, this is Stacy from Must Do Disney and VO Buzz Weekly. You are listening to Stories of the Magic and it is awesome. Don't miss it. Welcome to Stories of the Magic, an unofficial Disney podcast with your host, Randy Crane. Hear stories from Disney cast members, Imagineers, artists, and more right here on Stories of the Magic. And now, here's your host, Randy Crane. Welcome to episode 98 of Stories of the Magic. I'm Randy, your host. Thank you for joining me. If you're new to Stories of the Magic, we are a positive and story-filled Disney podcast offering stories from cast members, Imagineers, artists, actors, and more, including guests, promoting a mutual love of Disney, celebrating and preserving the Disney magic, and inspiring people to live their dreams just as Walt Disney did. If that appeals to you or piques your curiosity, you're definitely in the right place, and I am glad you're here. In this episode, we begin a two-part interview with Krista Joy. Krista is a former Walt Disney World cast member and a current blogger, podcaster, and lover of all things Disney, especially Walt Disney World. She is so genuinely excited and passionate about Disney that I know you'll enjoy this. In this episode, Krista talks about how and why she started working at Walt Disney World, her memories of her traditions class, what she did at the Garden Grill, a funny story about her time as a hostess, working the Disney dining line, how her experiences have worked together to enhance each successive one, why she started Disneyways.com, whether working at Walt Disney World ruins the magic, so to speak, why she stopped working at the Garden Grill in the Disney dining line, the effect on her of meeting Lou Mangiello from WDW Radio, talking to Disney people that she never imagined she'd ever meet, how she felt about travel agents who called the Disney dining line, hidden gem restaurants at Walt Disney World, when she felt like, I'm really a part of this, one of my stories about a character meal, and her suggestion for a special dessert location for a celebration. Now, a brief word from a fellow podcaster and friend, and then it's time to turn the page and begin this story. Hello, Neverlanders. I'm Jeremy, host of the Neverland Podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. As a young boy in Marceline, Missouri, Walt Disney played Peter Pan in a school play, and Peter Pan remained one of his favorite stories throughout his life. He used to say that an adult was just a grown-up child, and he designed Disneyland to help that adult act like a child again. Well, that's what we do here in Neverland. This is where you never have to grow up. And so we'll talk about heroes like Spider-Man, He-Man, and others that taught us how to do what's right because right makes might. And we'll enjoy the simple pleasures of imagination, our greatest toy. We're like Saturday mornings all in one podcast. Every week on the Neverland Podcast, we'll sprinkle our pixie dust and fly to Disney and beyond. And now, this week's interview on Stories of the Magic. As I've said before, it's always a pleasure to bring one of my friends to you, and that's what we're doing this time. Krista Joy had a relatively brief but interesting history with the Walt Disney Company at Walt Disney World, and then a bit later with Disney Dining. Since then, she created the website DisneyWays.com, the mission of which includes bringing readers exciting Disney news and information that's also sprinkled with Disney Ways treasures you won't find anywhere else, helping to answer Disney-related questions and sharing some laughs along the way. 
As far as I'm concerned, Krista succeeds in this mission. Along with this website, Krista is also the co-host of the new Living the Dream podcast and much more. So I'm just going to get out of the way and let her tell you all about it. Krista, welcome to Stories of the Magic. Randy, I'm so honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me on today. I love your show. You know I'm a fan. I've been a fan for a long time. So, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. And I am happy to have you here. So tell me about how you got started working at Walt Disney World and what you did there. Okay. Well, I'd love to. So it was, uh, gosh, probably 2007, something like that. Um, I actually, I was married at the time. I had two children that were in elementary school and, um, was very busy working as a dental assistant in a dental practice. But I just, I really have always loved Disney deep down inside. Even when I was really busy, like I knew that I wanted to be there more often. So I thought, well, why don't I just go and apply for a job and see what happens? So I walked into the casting center, which is a really kind of a cool experience. Um, I mean, I think back then you still applied online, but then you, you'd go down to the casting center and do an interview. And so when I got to that step, for whatever reason, the recruiter behind the desk decided that I would be a good fit to be a hostess at the garden grill at Epcot inside the land pavilion. So I never had any food experience whatsoever at all in my life. I have no idea why they decided that's where I needed to be, but I really didn't care. I was just super excited to be a Disney cast member and follow in the footsteps of my, both my sisters had worked there back in the seventies and eighties and, um, you know, just really excited, you know, to, to get started. It was, it was a great experience. Um, I, and traditions, I think you wanted me to talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I think that they have shortened traditions. Um, they've kind of trimmed it down. But back when um, I applied, it was still like a um, I think it was like a two day process. And it's really immersive and magical. I mean, they get you in there and um, just sell you on the magic and not really that I needed that anyway, <laughs> but for a person, I mean, that, that doesn't really have the passion yet. It really kind of lights that fire inside of you. They give you a little bit of the history and, um, you know, the magic you're, you're just kind of swept away. Um, as an Epcot employee, part of my training was they put us all in the boat and we got to kind of sail around the lagoon and, and look at world showcase with our trainer on board, kind of telling us about the different pavilions to kind of help uh, familiarize us with the whole thing. You know, I've, I've been, I'm born and raised in Orlando, so I've been to Epcot quite a bit, but again, they have to treat you like you've never been there before, just, just to make sure they cover everything. Um, but that was a magical moment for me. I was on the boat at Epcot looking around and I'm like, I can't believe that I'm getting paid right now <laughs> to, to be on this boat that I love so much and look at these pavilions that I love so much. And I was just so excited to, um, to be a part of it. It was, it was really such an honor and, and, uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. It was, I wasn't there very long, but it ended up being a tremendous experience for what, um, what was to follow. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Now talking about traditions, one of my favorite things to ask people when we talk about the traditions class, do you remember getting your name tag? I, I remember them handing it to me. Um, yeah, I don't remember it being very ceremonious. <laughs> you know, I've heard it both ways. Okay. Yeah. Tell me some so, of the stuff you've heard. Yeah. Well, I've heard had ones and it seems like they do this more at Disneyland than at Disney mm -hmm. world. But, yeah. uh, 
Though a lot of some of the ones I've heard, it's not uncommon for Mickey Mouse to be there, and for Mickey to give you your name tag. Uh, there was one I talked to that was at Walt Disney World, and they they didn't really do anything special, but it was just like on the table, kind of on a tray or something like that, and you just kind of went and picked it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not anything super special, but she loved Disney for so long that just picking it up and like this is my name tag like this is me in my hands and she just about started to cry just standing there yeah it's so cool and i and i still have mine you keep it forever and i've got a picture of it on the website because it is so special it's crazy to see your name on one of those it's very magical yeah they just kind of handed handed it to us at Walt disney world but i do remember they had mickey mouse come the end of the traditions class so that was very exciting it was a nice touch <laughs> <laughs> very nice mm-hmm. uh, so what did you do at the garden grill so i was a hostess um so basically uh people would arrive for their reservations and um i would be able to see what tables were available and um then i would you know when it was time i would seat them And it was interesting to start at Garden Grill because if you're familiar with that restaurant, it rotates. So they have table numbers attached to the tables. But when you're a new girl, kind of nervous about your new job at Disney World, (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of pressure to find your table that's spinning. So a couple of times I took some guests kind of a long way to their table, you know, until I got used to it or whatever. But um, it's super fun. A couple of things that I learned Um, they do hold your reservation for about 15 minutes. If you're in case you're late, I felt so bad. Sometimes there was families just running and you could tell they were really stressed about being early or on time for their residence. Um, the truth is it sits in the system about 15 minutes after, I mean, after you're supposed to arrive. So don't run, don't stress. I mean, they know that you're coming, especially now because they do the 10, they do the, you know, they hold $10 on your credit card or whatever in case you don't show up at Disney World. Um, they know you're coming. So, so don't stress. I mean, don't be late, but also don't feel like you have to sprint the whole way to the restaurant. Um, I felt really bad for some of these people because often you had to wait anyway. Um, Garden Grill was so busy that, you know, there almost never was I able to just go ahead. Oh, you're here. Great. We're going to seat you right now. That almost never happened. Uh-huh. And sometimes, unfortunately, they would have to wait quite a bit and it, they would get upset because they feel like they made a reservation. And we do call it a reservation, but um, really all it is, you're guaranteeing that they're going to be seats for you at the restaurant when you arrive it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to seat you right at two o'clock um so a funny story there's <laughs> a couple of times i um there would be large groups and you know the dad's in charge because he's the dad and he's you know pretty upset and there'd be times where he was you know kind of like why aren't you seating us right now we've been waiting for you know 15 minutes And they'd get very serious with me and very kind of upset. And they would forget that they had a big, huge, goofy hat on their head. (laughs) (laughs) So there was a couple of times, like, I had to try not to crack up laughing because I'm like, I'm really sorry, sir. I know, you know, this is... This is not the the ideal situation, but we're going to need just a few more minutes. You know, we don't have any control over when people finish eating and leave. So, um, (laughs) kind of a, kind of a funny, awkward situation, but (laughs) I remember that happening more than once. Yeah. (laughs) 
like, I'm trying to take you seriously, right. sir. I exactly. really am. Could you just take the hat off just for a minute? Yeah. It'll really help. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, but you know, something really cool that the servers at Walt Disney World, a lot of them have been there for 10, 20, 30 years. So the cool thing is to this day, I can go back and see faces that I recognize sometimes when I walk by the restaurant. And um, so, so that's, that's always nice. You know, I'm not sure if they remember me because I was there for such a short time, but um, it's, it was really a fun job. And um, one of the things I loved most, there are a couple of hidden Mickey's. So that restaurant rotates. And, um, there's a part, you know, it's really, really slow. So you don't notice it, but, um, like you're over a certain portion of the living with the land attraction. And there's, there's different hidden Mickey's that you can point out to people. And that would happen a lot. You'd see the kids with the, you know, Steve Barrett's hidden Mickey book and goodness, who could have ever dream that, you know, just a few years later, I would be, feel like I'm pretty close friends with Steve Barrett. You know, he knows me and we talk and, you know, but at the time it's just, it's an author of a book and like, you're like helping them find the hidden Mickey, you know, it was just kind of mm-hmm. fun. It was, it was a fun little job and I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. That's very cool. That's great. Um, was this, so I don't remember my dining timeline for Walt Disney World very well at the moment. So, I know that they did have the dining reservations because you were just talking about that, but was it the same kind of demand that it is now where oh, for some yes. of these, you've got to be on it, you know, at the 180 day marker. It's yeah, just probably not going to happen. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very high demand. So we were going to talk about when I, tur- when I shifted over from being an actual Disney cast member to, um, a company called Arise. So this is where it's arise.com and they have contracted to um, answer Disney dining calls because it is so busy and they have, they do have people that will take your dining calls, you know, on property, but it's, and maybe they're no longer working with Arise. I don't know. Cause it's been, it's been a while, but when I signed up with Arise, I had no idea I'd be doing Disney dining. I just knew that I was going to be working from home and I, I'm, you know, I've I'd had call center jobs in the past and it was quite a process. It's not, you don't want to work for a rise if you need money right now. Um, <laughs> it took a couple of months. I had to establish a corporation. Um, you, you didn't have to, but that just made things a little simpler. It was a good six weeks of unpaid training and I just happened to get lucky and the Disney dining client opened up, which is, you know, pretty amazing that, you know, my timing on all of that. So Started working for Arise, taking Disney dining calls. And back to answering your question, there are no breaks in between calls. You know, I had, I would hit the after call button so I wouldn't get calls so I could finish taking notes at the end. And then boom, next one. It's It was just like automatic. It was like, thank you for calling Disney dining. My name is Krista. How may I help you celebrate today? It was like, I said it so many times <laughs> you know, <laughs> during my job. I'm pretty sure I said it while I was sleeping. It was, it's just <laughs> a constant thing. So, you know, be kind to your dining reservation agents. They, they have a really tough job and, um, working from home for a rise, the pay wasn't all that great. Really. My only perk was working from home. I didn't get Disney tickets. I wasn't a Disney cast member, you know, at that point, you're just kind of at home answering phone calls. So, so always be kind to your, to your Disney dining reservation agent. Um, and don't ask them if they're at home because it just makes them uncomfortable and they're not allowed to tell you 
um, you know, if they're, if they're working from home, um, <laughs> you're supposed to be in a soundproof room, but I think my dog barked one time, you know, and then I had to make a joke. Oh, it's Pluto. Pluto's here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> nice cover. Right. So, yeah. So you kind of know, because if, if you're talking to somebody on property, at least it used to be when you were talking to somebody on property, it was pretty noisy in the background. So, you'd know, you had an actual person on property, but when you talk to the dining agents at home, a lot of times it'll be silent in the background because you know we were required to have you know kind of be as soundproof as possible um but what a fun job and and oh my goodness the experience i had working the hostess desk at garden grill just really helped me with the whole booking the dining um reservations from home knowing that experience what it's like when you walk up to the hostess desk and then all of that together blending to come into what i ended up doing with my blog it's just amazing how you know god has a plan for your life you just don't even know and the, when you're in the middle of it but sometimes looking back you're like oh okay that's why that happened you know <laughs> <laughs> right how did your experience working at the Garden Grill and then doing the Disney Dining line, how did those kind of work together to to make the, the latter one an easier thing for you or a better thing for you? Oh, gosh. I, it was just, I think it enriched the whole experience. So I started the blog back in 2012. Um, I started DisneyWays.com. And really just as an outlet because I'm, again, I was born and raised in Orlando. And I really, a lot of my friends really didn't have that passion and that love for Disney that I had. My friends and family, you know, we'd go there and I would tell them stories about Walt and different things. And um, I was with my two sisters-in-law. And and they actually were the ones that were like, you should probably just start a blog about this. You really enjoy this. And I'm like, hey, you know, you're right. I really do. <laughs> so <laughs> I went home and started the blog. And um, it just it it all just kind of fed into each other. Having that being fully immersed because people ask you all the time. I don't know. Maybe they don't ask you, but they ask me all the time. Do you think I should work at Disney? Does it ruin the magic? And I'm like, well, it's, I've heard both sides. I've heard some people if they don't have a good experience working there, then yeah, they're going to tell you kind of ruin the magic for them. But then you talk to the Imagineers and the Bob Gers of the world and, you know, they'll tell you that it was the best experience of their whole life. It never ruined the magic for them. They're still, they're retired and they're still out there talking about their experience, you know, with Disney. So I kind of think it's, it, it varies. It's going to be what you make of it, like a lot of things in life. So if you're worried about it ruining the magic, I guess, you know, kind of just make sure your attitude's right before you accept the position, you know, would you, would you agree with that, Randy? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like you say, you get out of it what you put into it in a lot of cases. And yeah, there's some things that you have no control over, but I think some of it's compartmentalizing too. Mm -hmm. Say, okay, this was a bad experience, but that doesn't have to ruin the magic for all of it. Is we remember that the cast members are human, whether they are the cast member that's there serving you because you're there as a guest or it's the cast member you're working with because you're a fellow cast member. Mm -hmm. We're all human. Mm -hmm. And they do pull back the curtain for you quite a bit. There's a chance you could, like me, I went to the lunchroom and I saw Snow White in there eating lunch and... <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just don't think Disney characters are supposed to eat, but just realize that, you know, you do, the curtain is pulled back. You're going to get to be, you know, behind the scenes a little bit. So if that's going to blow things for you, then, then don't work at Disney. But, but, um, right. you know, it's, 
it's just to me it was just made it even more cool like I was behind the scenes and I thought that was just really cool and that seemed to be something that Walt was a pretty big fan of too as I recall like from the Disneyland TV show they would introduce a new attraction and you know here's this Pirates of the Caribbean attraction that we're working on and here's how the animatronics work Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so figure if it was good enough for him it's good enough for me right right exactly what a great example that's exactly right so if I can ask, why was it in both the case of with the, being a hostess at the Garden Grill and then working the Disney dining line, uh, why did you end up stopping those two things? Okay, so Garden Grill actually just was scheduling me less and less, and I found out that they actually decided to go down to just dinner. When I was working there, there was a lunch you know, shift and a dinner shift. And they, they, I don't know why, cause the restaurant was so incredibly popular. Why in the world they took away lunch, but they just didn't need staff. And, um, I was just at a point in my life where I was ready to not be working seven days a week. So I was like, that's okay with me. That's, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be home with my kids more. Um, so then I got the best of both worlds and worked from home a little bit doing the Disney dining for three years. And, um, and then that went away just because my computer got a really bad virus and I wasn't able to log in and work for about a month. And after that they were like, okay, you got to do something else. <laughs> <laughs> you want to train for Barnes and Noble? And you know, no, not so much after you've worked the Disney client. So yeah, that was that was it for the Disney dining stuff that I did. But um, you know, I had the Disney outlet in my blog, and I had no idea what it was going to turn into. My goodness, what a blessing! Disneyways.com. I hadn't been blogging very long, and then I ended up going to a blogger conference, and um, Lou Mangello was the key speaker. I already knew he was my Disney hero. I already knew that he was doing all the things I wanted to do, but just kind of meeting him there in person and having him sign my book and hearing the inspiring way that he would talk and say things like, you can make money doing this thing that you love so much and meeting people that were actually, you know, doing this as a, as a full-time job. That's when things kind of clicked. And I went, Hey, you know, maybe I can actually make a career out of this. And, you know, that's when I decided I was, I was going to be online. I wanted to start a podcast one day. I knew I wanted to have printed works. I knew I wanted to have video. Um, I decided pretty early on and then things kind of fell into place to where, um, the previous podcast I was on Disney parks podcast, they invited me to join the crew there and wow, things just really started taking off from there. I got to, just kind of convey my excitement to the audience through my voice more than words. Um, and we got to meet and interact with some Disney celebrities that I never dreamed in a million years I would get to talk to. And I know you found this to be true too, Randy, like talking to these Disney legends and these people is just, um, it just means so much. It's, it's an amazing, amazing thing. And you truly do feel like you're living your dreams. Like, you know, I'm, what is happening right now? I'm talking to the voice of Ursula. She's laughing and she sounds just like Ursula. You know, it's like, is this really happening? Is this really <laughs> me? Um, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. I, I, I just so many things that I never even dreamed of, um, just that I've been able to do and people that I've been able to meet. It's, it's been just it's so exciting. And I think, you know, it, it all kind of, again, it all kind of added together. Like just having that experience of being a cast member has helped me be, helped me to be a better dining agent and being a dining agent has kind of helped me be a better blogger. It's, it's all kind of fit together and I, I wouldn't change a single thing. It's, I'm just so, so thankful for the road that I've been on and continue to, to walk. 
That's great. And we'll come back and we're going to talk about Disney Ways a little bit more here in a few minutes. Uh, but I'm curious, when you were doing the Disney dining, I, a lot of it was obviously just call after call after call. Mm-hmm. Did any of those calls, and I'm sure there were thousands of them, maybe tens of thousands over the course of three years, uh, did any of those stand out to you in your memory of something where you were able to help a guest get something that maybe they didn't really think they could or help them plan a special celebration or talk them off of a ledge or something <laughs> like that? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I really liked, you know, gosh, sometimes the travel agents, and you'll like this, Randy, as a travel agent, but the travel agents, like, a lot of times I got them to smile and relax, which always made me feel good. I mean, sometimes they would call and they'd be stressed out because they have 10, you know, guests to call and make dining reservations for, and it's 7 a.m. Eastern time, and, (laughs) you know, and they would just be all business. And, um, we would, we would get through the reservations and I would make them smile and laugh a little bit. And I always loved it when travel agents called, I mean, some of the other agents would be like, Oh, you know, they stress me out cause they're nervous. And, and for me, I would just kind of turn it around and make it magical. Um, yeah. And a couple of times and we're not, we're, you know, gosh, I wish there was had a couple of times. I wish there had been a magical way I could get in there and get a reservation for somebody, you know, that, um, some special way, but there's there at the time that I was working anyway, there's no magic. There's no back door. Like you can only take what's available online. You can only give people what the system, you know, is, has available. So a lot of times, you know, I did kind of have to break people's hearts, but, um, I got really good at just turn again, turning it around. There's a lot of, and again, being, you know, living here and having been to the park so much, um, there's a lot of hidden gem restaurants that are way, I think, that are underrated. I mean, everybody thinks of Le Cellier, but there's really great steak at Yachtsman's Steakhouse. You know, there's there's other places that have that might have the magical thing you're looking for from that restaurant that everybody, you know, that's always booked up way in advance it depends on, on who you're talking to. So, um, you know, if, if you feel like you're hitting a brick wall, just ask, ask your agents or something you can recommend that's comparable. Here's why I want that restaurant and, you know, see if they can help you find something that might have a little more availability that, um, has what you're looking for. So that always made me feel good when I was able to do that, um, you know, and help people out. And then there's, there's always the stories people would call and say, Oh, you know, we're celebrating, you know, my granddaughter's fourth birthday and, you know, you, you can notate the reservation as a dining agent, um, to let people know, you know, the celebration that's, that's going to be happening and just making sure you do a, a good job and be thorough and mark all of those things for people can, can really make a difference, um, you know, up, upon their arrival, if it's all, if it's all there for them. So it was just, it was very rewarding, very rewarding. Um, it's tough when you can't make reservations appear out of thin air, but you do the best you can. And, you know, they're going to, they're at Disney. It's going to be magical. You know, come on. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <You> <laughs> what would you say are some of the underrated restaurants, ones that people tend to overlook in favor of those more high demand ones, but that they're really missing out on by not going to? Well, top of my list, I love Grand Floridian Cafe. You can go to Grand Floridian Cafe in the Grand Floridian and order a hamburger with lobster on it. And 
It's like, wow. what else do you need in life? You know, <laughs> this is a beautiful thing. Go get a hamburger with lobster on it at Grand Floridian and don't be happy about that. I mean, you, you just got to smile. It's, it's kind of like my little secret hidden gem. Even when things are really busy at the parks, I can often sometimes walk up and they may be taking walk-ins at the Grand Floridian. So that's one little secret that I have for you. And um, another one is the beer garden um, in the Germany pavilion. It took me a long time because I'm like, German food, eh, you know, who wants to do that? But a, a neighbor of mine, actually, she had wanted to go for years. She's like, I'm going to go. I'll pay for it. It's your birthday. Let's go. And she took me to um, Beer Garden and I loved it. It's so underrated. The food is amazing. It's so good. And you go inside the pavilion and they've got the polka band and you almost feel like you're in a little German village. I mean, it's it's all decked out. It's very immersive, kind of like how the Mexico Pavilion is. And the food is wonderful. And a lot of times there's reservations available there. People just don't know how good it is. They hear all their friends talk about Chef Mickey and Le Cellier and now be our guest. And, and yeah, those are awesome. But there's a lot of great places that, um, you know, don't be afraid. Try Try something new because they all have you know, special qualities about them and things to appreciate. If you, if you need a rest or like a recommendation, just call me or email me. I'll help you out. <laughs> okay. Good. During the time that you were working as a, uh, a hostess and you kind of already answered this, but I just want to highlight it. Uh, do you remember a particular time that you were like, I'm actually doing this. I'm actually a part of this now. All the time, every day that I worked, because the, the beautiful thing about Garden Grill is they have characters. And so you get to see Mickey and Pluto and Goofy and Chippendale. Oh, Chippendale. That's when I really fell in love with Chippendale. <laughs> they are just <laughs> so adorable and it's crazy. And the aisles are really thin, like kind of skinny. So you, you kind of got to be like right behind you, you know, so the characters can hear you as you're kind of walking behind them. But the magic that they would create for the guests and seeing people's faces light up and they bring their autograph books. And sometimes it's, you know, huge groups of people and they're like rock stars. Like if you if you ever sit back and really watch the characters, it's like paparazzi and autographs. And, um, you know, it's just it's just a cool thing to see, like people's whole their demeanor, everything they um, the characters just made it so magical and they were there every single day at the garden grill. So, I mean, what a, what a privilege, what a blessing to be able to watch that kind of magic that you only get at Disney world. You know, there's in a couple of Disney resorts, there's just, you can't see Disney characters everywhere. So it's yeah. Like every day I, I realized how special it was to be there. And I was, I was always thankful. That's great. And you know, I think when it comes to the character dining, people, I don't want to say undervalue it because there's definitely a financial premium put on it at least, but I don't think the, I think they think that, you know, a character dining mm -hmm. and a character greeting location in the parks are basically interchangeable. You know, one, if you don't mm -hmm. do one, you do the other, mm -hmm. it's okay. But I remember as you're talking about those characters, I think the first character meal that my wife and I had when we were there was at uh, 1900 Park Fair. Mm -hmm. And so we had Mary Poppins and 
uh, you know, Winnie Alice the Pooh and Tigger and so yeah, Alice and the Mad Hatter was there. And we brought two autograph books with us, one for the characters and one for the cast members. And the character autograph book had Winnie the Pooh on the front. So when Tigger comes by, we, we don't have it open quite yet because he got to us a little sooner than we expected. But as he's coming up, we open it up to a blank page, but he saw the front of the book. And the front of the book had Winnie the Pooh on it. He picks it up from our table and sort of stalks over to Winnie the Pooh, who's about three <laughs> tables away, and points at it, points at us, points at himself, everything, comes back and just gets this kind of disgusted you know, bearing about him and you know, puts it down and signs it. And we're like, no, we love you too. And, everything. and he just really played it up. It was hysterical. <laughs> Oh, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. And I, more than once I saw kids bring acorns for Chippendale, which I just thought really? was hilarious. Yeah. And like, you know, they don't have pockets. What are they going to do? <laughs> do <with laughs> they it? stuff them in their cheeks. That's how chipmunks do these things, you know. <laughs> yes, which is so cute. So adorable. The characters are just a trip. Just, just really, they make it magical, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> they really do. Yeah, they really do. Yeah. So is that what you loved most about what you did while you were there, seeing the characters, or was there something else? Yeah, and the people. I, I loved, you know, the people that I worked with and getting to know them and just, and the guests, just being, because the cast members, you guys know, it's all about, really, they are the ones that make the magic. And, you know, I was able to give out birthday buttons here and there, and, um, you know, we, we could bring a special dessert if it was a birthday things like that um but yeah it's just you know again just the privilege is so much fun mm -hmm. you know you mentioned dessert and that reminds me i'm just going to take advantage of having you on the the uh, <laughs> podcast here for awesome. a little bit of travel agent help too okay. i did that with somebody else recently too like hey i have this guest that's coming what do you think about this so we're just gonna do the same thing and then maybe <laughs> okay. other people can benefit too um, so I have a couple of guests. It's actually a family of four that's going to be coming. And the very first day, like the day they arrive, is the oldest daughter's birthday. She's going to be 14 that day. And they're going to get the nine-day park hopper tickets. So you know they can go into a park for a couple of hours if, you know, if they want to. And it's not really a big deal. And what they asked me is... Is there any kind of like special dessert location or a location that maybe has something? Because they may not want a full dinner, but they just want to do sort of like a birthday dessert maybe for her since they're going to be mm -hmm. arriving on her birthday. What do you think? I would go to Beaches and Cream in the Beach Club Resort and get a kitchen sink. Do you know what that is? Ah, yeah. That's... For the sake of people listening who don't, though, go okay. ahead and tell, describe it. <laughs> so if you go to the Beach Club, there's a, a restaurant in there called Beaches and Cream, which they have a, a delightful um, grilled cheese and tomato soup, which that's what I always get. They have burgers and things like that. But their signature dish is the kitchen sink. Um, you can order a – it's an ice cream, and I believe it's um, it's – 12 scoops of ice cream it's giant and you guys don't forget you can ask them for like people think they have to take it just how it comes you can ask for 12 scoops of chocolate if you want or 12 scoops of you know mint chocolate whatever you want but they put shortbread in there they put um, brownies in there cherries they use an entire can of 
cream and chocolate syrup, all that good stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's enormous and it's very, they make, um, it's a lot of pomp and circumstance, the lighting in the restaurant changes. Um, they, they make a really big deal out of bringing you your kitchen sink and you need to have probably, you know, four to six people to even make a dent in this dessert, <laughs> but what a way to celebrate a birthday and let them know when you check in at the, at the hostess stand that you are celebrating and who knows, you know, they might do something extra, a little bit special for you, but that's probably what I would do. And, um, see if you can get her a reservation ahead of time. Cause they used to only take walk-ups and now they're taking reservations. So, um, definitely get her a reservation. That's, that's what I would do. And then the beach club, ah, it's so beautiful. I mean, you could spend an evening and afternoon just walking around the the beautiful resort that they have there and it's attached to the yacht club. So you can go and explore and, you know, I think that would be a great way to kick off the vacation. That's a really good idea. Uh, Now they're staying at Port Orleans Riverside. So I'm thinking bus to, well, no, actually maybe boat from riverside to by then it'll probably officially fully be disney springs and then bus from there to beach club yeah you can do it that way beach club is the closest resort to epcot by the way if um that's the it's really close to the back door of epcot that people don't know about back at the it's called the international gateway so if you're mm-hmm. ever going to Epcot and you know you want to start at the World Showcase, if you're staying at Beach Club, it's super convenient because it's literally just steps away from the park. So um, there's another little tip for you. If you're doing Epcot, you know, Beach Club is right there, Yacht and Beach Club. Yeah, that is a super convenient entrance. Uh, when we went, we actually stay, we split our stay between Wilderness Lodge Villas and Boardwalk Villas. And so we used the International Gateway entrance a couple times to get into Epcot. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It sure is. Uh, okay. Thank you for the uh, the suggestion there. I'll, I'll see. I'm oh, setting sure. up their dining reservations here over the next day or so. So I'll Good. see what I can do about that. Good. Oh, that's wonderful. I can't wait to hear how it turns out and how she likes it. <laughs> yeah. So during the time that you were there, either while you were working as a hostess or while you were doing the dining line. And you've already kind of told me a couple of things, but do you have any other favorite stories that you wanted to share that you haven't had a chance to yet about the time when you were working in either of those? Um, well, just, just basically, yeah, I don't have any like specific magical stories other than the dads and the goofy hats, which I will never forget that. That was hilarious. Um, but, you know, just, just being there. To me, I always tell people it's it's up to you. Don't feel like it's going to ruin the magic because it really didn't for me, obviously. You know, I still live and breathe Disney World. So it's it's all about your attitude and everything like that. But yeah, I, I did get to be part of a marriage proposal. This has nothing to do with either of those two jobs. Um, but a friend of mine <laughs> is um, a VIP concierge, um, themeparkconcierges.com. So I'll do a little plug for him. Um, but one of the things he does is he helps plan marriage proposals. So that was a really special day. Um, The groom had roses and basically... That brings us to the end of this week's show. A special thank you to Krista for being my guest and to you for listening. Join us next time to hear more fun stories all about Krista's new podcast, Living the Dream, What Inspires Her, and more. I'd like to take a minute to thank our sponsor, Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. 
Choose from titles like my book, Faith and the Magic Kingdom. In fact, if you look that one up on Audible, you'll be able to listen to a sample of it, so you can get a few minutes and see if it's something that you want to get. And you can pick that one then, or any of the 180,000 plus audiobooks as your free trial book, and it's yours to keep whether you choose to continue your membership or not. To download your free audiobook today, go to storiesofthemagic.com audible. Again, that's storiesofthemagic.com audible for your free audiobook. If you're currently doing something because of your love for Disney, you've written a book, created a website, you're blogging or podcasting, writing or performing music, art, whatever it may be, and you want to tell people about it and why it matters to you, I want to hear from you. I also want to talk to and hear from people who've worked for Disney. And if you're a Disney guest of any Disney experience, and you've had an encounter or an interaction with a cast member that made some extra Disney magic, then I'd love to hear from you, too. For any of these, email me at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call the listener feedback line at 734-23-STORY and tell me about your experience. Subscribe to Stories of the Magic in iTunes, the Xbox Music Store, on the website, or you can hear Stories of the Magic while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. If you like the show, please rate and review Stories of the Magic in iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or wherever else you listen to the show and can rate it. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, visit storiesofthemagic.com and leave a comment on the show notes for this or any episode. While you're there, check out the show notes for useful links from each episode, too. In fact, for episode 100, I'm kind of thinking of wanting to do a listener feedback, all stories, and gratitude show. So, if you want to leave a comment on the show notes, or email me and provide one of those stories that I can share, then I would really appreciate it. Like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash stories of the magic, where you can also leave one of those stories if you'd like to. Follow the show on Twitter at twitter.com slash stories of magic and tweet out that you're listening. Pin it on Pinterest. Tell your friends about the show. Just keep letting others know that you're listening so they can join in the magic too. And by the way, leaving a review is one of the ways that you can do that. We're right here a couple episodes from 100, and I'd really like to get a few extra reviews for when we hit that 100-episode mark. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Stories of the Magic. There will be other days and other stories, and this tale continues next time. You've been listening to Stories of the Magic with Randy Crane. If you have feedback, want to share a story of your own, or even be a guest on the show, write to Randy at podcast at storiesofthemagic.com or call our listener feedback line, 734-23-STORY. And don't forget to visit the website, storiesofthemagic.com for show notes from this and every episode and to leave your comments. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, live your dreams and make the magic in your world.